What's going on, everyone? Hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of This Realm of Existence podcast. Our purpose is to encourage you to go after all of your goals and dreams and to live your best life in this realm of existence. My name is Sharon W., and I am your host. So today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with the beautiful Janet De Silva, who is the former COO of Earn Your Leisure University, or EYLU for short. And although I only met her in person, I think it was last year, um, look, I feel that she is truly one of my soul sisters. Like sometimes you just meet someone and you just click, right? And that's really how I feel about this amazing young lady. So Janet, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Good. How are you? I am wonderful. It's so good to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. I know. And I, I do feel the same way about you. Like that instant connection when we met Philly, I don't, that was my first time ever going to Philly and I awesome. absolutely loved it. And you guys made me an honorary John. So I yes. still hold that very dear <laughs> to my heart. So yes, so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And speaking of John, I'm glad that you said that. So for those of you who do not know, I am from Philly and in we have, <laughs> we have a saying called John is J-A-W-N. And it can really be just used to um, describe a person, place, or thing. So, like, if you see a pretty woman or a handsome man, you might say something like, oh, wow, look at that John. <laughs> or if you see a car you like, you might say something like, oh, that John is nice. So, yeah, it can be used for anything. So, what's up, John? <laughs> you got to add that to your podcast. I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah. So, thank you again for being here. So, Janet, listen, I know that you are busy with everything you have going on, which I, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you about today. So, again, just thank you for being here and sitting down to speak with me. So, now, before we get started, um, Janet, back in podcast episode number four, um, entitled Spirituality and Music, my guest, Crystal D and I, and Crystal D is also an earner, um, mm -hmm. we discussed EYLU, or an EYL, rather, Earn Your Leisure, for those who may not be familiar and I discussed how they, you know, they really highlight backstories of entrepreneurs. They break down business models. They examine the latest trends in finance. And it's, of course, headed by Troy Millings and Rashad Bilal. And they also have a show called Market Mondays um, on YouTube every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Ian Dunlap, the master investor himself. So super dope information, super dope show. So if you have not, be sure to check it out. So, Janet, before we get started, as the former COO of EYL, um, who has remained an earner yourself, is there anything else that you wanted to add about EYL or EYLU in general? Yeah, so it's this on EYL University's online community focused on financial literacy. Um, and it's just a really great place for people, especially black and brown community, but for anyone really to learn more about how to just add some more money to their pocket through, you know, oh, side hustles or, you know, investing in stocks, learning about real estate. And that was the reason why I joined and eventually became a part of the team is I really love the mission of what they stand for and what they do. So. Nice, nice. And of course, we cannot forget about InvestFest. Um, InvestFest was amazing. Um, that actually occurred in Atlanta the weekend of August 5th to the 7th, I believe, um, in 2022. And listen, just one word, phenomenal. So <laughs> I also talked about that a little bit back in podcast episode number eight, entitled The Sky Is Not The Limit. Um, where I just give a brief synopsis of InvestFest. Um, I talk about just a few of the major gems that were dropped from people like Steve Harvey to Tyler Perry, um, Ardana Hugh Peebles, Dan Cathy, and many, many more. So again, be sure to check out that episode. So Janet, um, today I wanted to talk to you really about the importance of creating generational wealth, which of course EYLU discusses all the time. And there's just the importance of diversification really from stocks to trading to real estate, you know, entrepreneurship in general. And speaking of real estate, of course, I understand that you do Airbnb and that yeah. you've been successful. So I wanted to speak to you just a little bit, little about that um, and just your journey. 
But before okay. we get into all of that, um, I understand that, of course, prior to, to becoming the COO at EYLU, you worked for another financial institution, but mm-hmm. you were also part of EYLU as an earner. So you, you already discussed a little bit about what, you know, why you became an earner in the first place. But what just describe your background a little bit, like what kind of led you up to becoming the COO of, um, of Earn Your Leisure? Sure. So I'll just go back to like, you know, growing up, my dad was um, and still is a CFO, primarily for nonprofits. So I saw him do a lot of community work. And, you know, he got his MBA when I was really young. And so he was the first in my family to graduate from college and get his master's. That was really important for him when he moved to the US and having to learn English and all that. So it really instilled in us the importance of education. Um, And no one can ever steal your education from you who would love to say that. So yeah. So watching my dad, I thought business was like the thing to do. I think I think it was because I was like most that's what I was mostly exposed to. And also nice. seeing my dad do things in a community. I was like, wow, you know, we don't have to just um, we can be a part of the solutions to what we want to see in our communities and and be a part of like the legacy, not only for our family, but someone else's family. You know, when we look at each other as, you know, neighbors and and like brothers and sisters in a different way. Right. right? So, um, so I grew up with that and then I just almost made this, like, it was almost decided for me in a sense that I would study business. So I went to school and studied international business. I got my MBA and my first real job was at Fidelity Investments, which is where I worked until, until I, um, ended up working for EYL University. So that's my background. Um, and so EYLU was such a beautiful experience for me because it kind of married all of these different, uh, interests of mine, one for community kind of development, also uh, business, the entrepreneurship aspect, and even in my own personal goals, like I had all this knowledge and I worked for EY, um, Fidelity, but I had the dream of being my own, like having my own business one day. And so mm-hmm. being around people that had that same, you know, drive and that looked like me was just so powerful because in every mm-hmm. classroom, I, I mean, in high school, that was one thing I had to like black around brown people from my community in my classes. Right. But right. going to college, I remember being a little bit shocked my first like day <laughs> of class, honestly, like, wow, like I'd never been around so many white people and I don't mean that in a negative way. Right. Right. It's just like, this was just a new experience for me. And then having to be like the only black girl in some classes or one of the only ones, especially in my master's program. And, um, it's just different. I remember feeling sometimes pressure to like speak for all of us when certain topics came up and it was overwhelming sometimes. And then, uh, you know, I had one and sometimes people don't mean to be offensive, but there's just like that cultural insensitive yeah. thing that people mm-hmm. say. Like I remember when one white guy had been like, hey, what's up, yo, to me, like before. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And so I was just oh, like, I just played along with it because I'm like, he can't be serious. And then he's like, oh, you probably really do talk like that. Wow. No, he didn't. Yeah. Uh, so you would get all these like random things and like, what if I did talk like that? But you know, you don't know me. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, that even informed right. the type of shows I would watch. Like there's certain sh- shows I did not want to watch because I felt like it perpetuated stereotypes. And that just made it harder for me when I was in those communities where yeah. I, I was around people that didn't look like me because they just referenced TV. So I feel like I'm going off topic. So just to get back. No, no you're fine. Um, no, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> 
Yeah. So EYLU for me was just like a breath of fresh air, just joining a community where people that we were learning, we learn every, you know, they still are doing these things. I'm not there anymore. (laughs) The classes are every week and like, you know, learning um, about all these things that can help you with your business or your finances and real Mm -hmm. things that can help you win life um, from people that look like you. And it's, I think it's like deeper than we realize how much we need those kind of things and to be in those communities. Um, so yeah, that's my background and kind of what led me to EYLU. And so when I just started volunteering and eventually it turned into a job, which I didn't expect. I didn't expect to, to leave fidelity. Um, not in that point in time. Anyways, I knew eventually I want to do my own thing and stuff, but it was an amazing, uh, opportunity that came up and I took it. Cause I mean, why not? We'll see where it goes, you know? So Absolutely. I did that for two years, <laughs> two years. And I'm in all these classes talking about building your own business, doing your own thing. And I'm like hosting the classes and, and you I'm were amazing. Like, Let me just say that you were amazing so much. I, it was, um, one of the, fav- my favorite things I've ever done in life. Like EY, the earners are incredible and super inspiring. And to just lead the classes was a dream for me, literally still one of my favorite jobs ever. Um, so, so yeah, it was like, you can't be in all these classes and hear all these people doing these great things and not want to make a move. So I did, I was you know, Airbnb hosting travel nurses, doing things on the side as much as I could. And then it got right. to the point where I was like, I really want to bet on me 110%. Um, and when you start feeling that inside of you, it's like, yes. you know, it's time. And we were kind of talking about that before you went, we went live. It's like, right. <laughs> you feel like okay, I'm kind of ready. Right. for like, transition. <laughs> yeah. And so once you start feeling that, and that little voice inside you is like getting a little louder every month. <laughs> so, yeah. My voice is like yelling at me. It's like, listen, but unfortunately it's like a lot of people, we sometimes let that anxiety and that fear kick in because we feel like, well, okay, I have this so-called safety here, right. even though, you know, like we spoke about too, no job is really safe in today's economy. But yeah, yeah I think that's a lot of, so we'll, well, talk to me about that. Like, what was that like as far as, well, first of all, let me step back. First of all, congratulations just for believing enough in yourself to go ahead and and do that because that takes a lot of brave, <laughs> that, that, that takes a lot of braveness, a lot of courage to do that. And I know there's so many people that are, whether or not they like their job or not, and a lot of people, there's nothing wrong with a nine to five and actually liking what you do, but some yeah. people just want to still do what they do, but do it for themselves. So what, what was that like to kind of step away from a nine to five per se, even though you were working all the time, uh, yeah. to really <laughs> just go into doing your own thing and just betting 100% on yourself? So it was definitely, first I had to get over people, what I thought people might say, because Mm. outside looking in, no matter, I mean, it's all about timing. I think life is all about timing, right? And so when you know it's your time to to transition and do something else, you can't, you have to honor the voice inside of you. I say, Mm. God, Holy Spirit telling you, okay, it's time to move. Yes. but from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people are like, she has it made. You have this uh, glamorous job, you know, you get to host these classes and who doesn't want to host classes where you learn like, okay. And then you get to go right. to these <laughs> events, you know? Right. So I feel like there were some people that are like, why would you ever want to leave this job? Like, this is mm-hmm. insane. And like, I saw people tell me like, oh, I feel like you had so much more. You could have grown on market Mondays or different things, right. but I had to just follow my gut and, you know, my gut is the reason why I joined you know, EYLU and my gut is what told me to start volunteering, even though I didn't know a job would come from it. And, and I had 
people tell me even in that phase, like, why are you doing all this for free? Like these guys have money. And I'm like, well, I want to do it and I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I have a job. Like I, it's fine. And not knowing that a job would come out of it. So I feel like, I think that's, this is a luxury of being a little older at this point now too, is like realizing that, you know, trusting my gut has never really steered me wrong and normally leads me to places that I could not have imagined. Like I ended up being on the stage at the Apollo because of the job I had and the guys. Yes, I saw that. That was was unbelievable. And I think people that know me like growing up would never believe that because I was a quiet girl that just did her homework and went home and was at church (laughs) on the weekends. Like I was never like ever really liked a lot of attention. So that was not even something going into my job that I thought I would be doing. And that really was just the guys. Like, right. um, I think they pushed me in a way they didn't even realize either because they're like, okay, yeah, Jenna could just do that. Jenna. And like, not really knowing like, so like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. So it caused me to really like have to confront some fears. And I, right. I, I remember practicing a lot. It's things that you guys probably wouldn't even think I would need to do just like rehearsing what I wanted to say when I would say it. And mm-hmm. you know, that everything I would like get on zoom with a, a friend and just like go through orientation or whatever, yeah. just till mm-hmm. I started getting comfortable. And so, you know, that was really, um, really cool for me. Cause I feel like sometimes, you know, God sees where he wants to take you and you don't Absolutely. even see that in yourself yet. And um, so I think it's important for us to trust that voice inside of us, but also like, you know, you got to be smart about things too. I was there two years. I think I paid my dues, you know, I was ready. I think you did an amazing job. Absolutely amazing. Like one thing I can say too about you when you would lead the classes, what I absolutely loved is that even though you were yourself leading the meeting and, you know, you were interacting with the the host or the professor before that. And then when, once the class started, you yourself asked questions. Oh yeah. And I think that that helped people also ask questions. It's like, well, wow, well, Janet's leading this meeting and, you know, she's curious, she has questions and, you know, for things that she, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right. And it's like ask. So that's one thing I al- always just enjoyed, even just watching you and um, participating in these classes is because even though you were the leader of the meeting, you were also a forever student. And I think a lot of people forget that, too. It's like you never stop learning. Oh. <laughs> you, even w- no matter what you do, you know, OK, you, you have this job, you decide to do this side hustle, it could turn into something bigger. You never stop learning. It doesn't just end. Right. So I, I always admire that. When, when you would do that so much I really appreciate hearing that too because it's it's really nice to feel like the earners were so validating to me in a way that I really felt like I needed at that point in time like right. in other experiences I had in the past I did feel like sometimes sometimes we can lose our voice if you're in right. a community or a space that you don't really feel valued or you know mm-hmm. whatever and the earners were so they just championed me so beautifully and so I do feel like um, that experience gave me my voice in a in a really cool way. Well, yeah. you were jammed with the plan. I mean, come on. And you're not very John, so you know you got to live up to that. I'm just. Oh gosh. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just saying. But no, but you're um, I think that your passion in general, just for what you do and just helping others, like you said, you volunteered first. Um, you didn't know where that was going to lead. Mm-mm. You know, it, it's it happens. You you just never know where something may lead with helping others. And, but I think that your passion for what you do, economic empowerment for those that look like us, you know, black and brown community, it really just shines through. And I know that you mentioned how, you know, your father, you know, being the first graduated from college and all. So I, I feel like that's where a lot of your passion seems to come from. 
yeah. from just growing up. Now let's shift to real estate for a moment, um, yeah. which is, I know what you, you talked about that a lot too, when you were in um, EYLU, just kind of your, your journey <laughs> with right. Airbnb. So yeah. again, for those that are familiar with EYL, you are also familiar with Matt Garland, MG, the mortgage guy, MLS number five, eight, seven, zero, zero. I just had to, <laughs> I just had to put that out there, but, right. um, but Matt talks a lot about real estate and I really love his breakdown of things. Um, and I especially love the rants and gems show with uh, Keanu Watson because yeah. they really do um, provide that information, um, provide good information on their show. So as far as you doing real estate, um, I know you've been pretty successful with Airbnb and you actually spoke last summer at an event called the yes to real estate investing. Yes. Field Shout out to I, really wish I, there. In I wish I could have been there. I'm sure you did amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, but my question is what made you get into real estate just in general or specifically what made you focus on Airbnb? Because I mean, with real estate, there's a lot of avenues that people can do. They, you know, you can flip, you know, fix it up, flip it for profit. Yeah. You can be a landlord if you'd like, Airbnb, long-term, short-term. So what made you get into Airbnb specifically? So um, shout out again to UL University and the earners. So I, <laughs> well, just to backtrack a little bit, um, what really started me wanting to get into real estate was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which my father and my uncle oh, recommended um, in my early 20s. So I read that. Oh, wow. And then I was just like, okay, I want to get a, a um, like a three family, you know, but at the time I, I, I hate that sometimes and hate's a strong word, but I think it's appropriate in this point. Like <laughs> sometimes like, I feel like I could have done something a lot sooner, but I had all this fear around it. And now I'm like, what yes. was I even scared of? Right. So I read the book, but I was like, you know what? I've never even hung like a painting on my own. So how <laughs> am I going to own a home? Like I was just like, felt right. like too much all that I wanted to so I just started going to classes I felt like that always helps me just learning more to kind of like get the fear down so I went to so I live in Rhode Island so I would, went to Rhode Island housing's website and then went to like looked at the classes they had they had first-time buyer classes classes on like how to be a landlord and all these different things so I just went to all of them oh nice <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I started going to the classes and then I learned about the different grants and different things you can get if you buy in certain areas in Rhode Island. And so um, eventually ended up, uh, you know, biting the bullet, I guess, if that's the right <laughs> way to say it, and then just going in and getting going a property. Um, yeah. And so I got some grants and stuff. So when it came down to closing costs, I didn't have to put much down anyways. Nice. And um, the cool thing about that is like at the time, my biggest expense was housing, you know, rent and, mm -hmm. you know, utilities and all that. So buying my three family house hacking, living in it, renting out my second bedroom on the unit I was living in and like renting the other floors and stuff helped me so that I actually paid off my student loans the same year that I bought my house. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Teach me your ways. It was crazy <laughs> though. I really, so I was, I was really big on Dave Ramsey at the time. So okay. I was like, like, I think the $300 a week I was putting towards my student loans. And then if I got any extra money, I was throwing it at that. And then, nice. yeah, of course, like the money I used to pay for rent now that was going towards my student loans. So I was just attacking it. You and were, then, um, you were on it. And I think that stops a lot of people too, because student loans, as we know, are, <sighs> yeah. yeah. I just wanted to be free. And also my plan was originally to move to Africa. So I was thinking, awesome. let me just pay everything off. And so when I go, you know, even if I get like a, like a tourism job or something somewhere else that I'm not making a lot of money, who cares if I can, can pay the freedom the of the happiness? And, <laughs> yes. And I'm like, and I don't have, I don't owe anybody anything. So awesome. that was like really my, um, 
driving factor. And I figured if I buy more, more properties and like I can rent them out, I have that money coming from those rentals. So that's also going to supplement, you know, my income and really allow me to live the life I wanted to live, which was really, um, I was big on listening to, uh, the fire movement, which is, uh, financial independence, retire early. So my thing was, I'm going to retire early, have these assets that can help me like, you know, live this life. Um, and then pandemic hit, right. So yeah, the pandemic. I joined you, <laughs> and then that's where I started hearing about Airbnb and things like that. Okay, um, and so it was after I I joined EYL University. Um, actually started working for them. I was traveling a lot more, and then um, I had some earner friends that were hosted Airbnbs, and like you know, you should think about Airbnb. Oh, awesome! And so shout out to accountability partners because I remember. Yes. My thing was, I was, I figured, let me start in my apartment so I can see how I like running an Airbnb. I had my other Mm -hmm. units, um, but I had people living there so I couldn't just start in my other units yet. Right. Right. I'll start in my, uh, my apartment see how I like it. And when I was away, I would Airbnb and it worked out really, really well. I mean, um, yeah. So I was like, okay, okay. I've been telling my accountability partners, I'm going to start this. I'm going to, um, like build up like my uh, profile on Airbnb as a host. Right. It had been like weeks. And then I, I know I was meeting with them the next morning and I was like, you know what? It was that night. I'm like, let me just do this. So I don't have to tell them <laughs> I haven't done it. Right. Right. So I did it and I made it live. The next morning I woke up to 11 reservations. Oh my gosh. And it was crazy because I was awesome. to add the cleaning fee at first. So I like, <laughs> so the first 11 people, did they get a free cleaning? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they funny. pretty much got a free cleaning. And then, um, I had copied and pasted another like description from another like Providence Airbnb post and I didn't realize it said like everyone gets free like bottle of wine. I'm like, what the heck? So I had to, for the first 11, I had to make sure there was wine in the house. And cleaning fee. (laughs) <laughs> yeah girl it was crazy oh but my gosh go for it so fast but I started in the summertime which is normally like I for most places a hot season to do right right Airbnb. and that took off and then from there on um, uh my second floor unit opened up made that at Airbnb so now like um nice. my other two units are all like short or midterm rentals which has been really really great I can honestly say that you were the person that um kind of inspired me because I have been thinking about Airbnb a lot. Um, so I bought my condo in 2020. And, you know, when you initially purchase, you know, you can't, you have to be there for at least a year. I don't know. I'm not going to, even though for those that know me, I am a lawyer by day. I am not your lawyer. So this is not legal advice. <laughs> this is just <laughs> entertainment and information Wait, purposes only. <laughs> but I know like with my mortgage, for example, and every mortgage company and state may be different. Um, you had to, I have to live in here at least a year before you can then rent it out. Well, of course, um, past the year, it'll be three years this year. But um, that was just one route that I went. But yeah, Janet, like you said, it's like you kind of look back and you're like, oh, I wish I would have started earlier. And then I've looked back like, oh, man, maybe I should have started with a triplex or a duplex. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm here. And I yeah. said, well, my goal is to upgrade the one that I have now and then rent this one out. Um, right. And even though because I am in a condo, you have to be careful, too. Some They don't always allow Airbnb. Um, so of course, wherever you are, as, as they always say on market Mondays, do your own research, <laughs> do your own research for wherever you are, but you really did inspire me to just really start looking, um, for other properties to do Airbnb. And then, but then when the 
pandemic really hit, I kind of just, like a lot of people, I kind of paused <laughs> that because yeah. you didn't really know where it was going to go. But you, you've inspired me to really just start looking. And I have like a little portfolio of properties that I've been interested in um, that I would consider doing Airbnb. So thank you. So just like you've been inspired, you have inspired others. I hope that you know that you really have. Thank you. I appreciate that. And if so, you need any help, like, you know, when you start setting it up, let me know. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I will. I will. I, listen, I am not afraid to ask for help. And for anyone listening, please, that's another thing, too. I feel like a lot of us, we feel like we have to know every single thing, right? We have to do everything on our own. Listen, you don't know what you don't know and ask questions. Like, I mean, you don't want to just go to someone and just like pretty much get free services, you know, asking them a bunch of questions all day, every day. I mean, no, Yeah. do something of value too, like help them in some way, but it's nothing wrong with asking some base questions, like basic questions, just to kind of get you going along that road, because some people are, they're very willing to help. They really are. And so don't, don't be afraid to do that. Absolutely. So now, Janet, I'm sure that you also have major plans in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just in general, uh, just, 100% betting on yourself, going into entrepreneurship full time, as well as just creating wealth in general. I mean, because like I said, you are Jan with the plan and you are a John now. So, but I'm going to ask you to share, I'm not going to ask you to share all of it because as we know, let's be honest, sometimes you have to move in silence and you can only share certain things um, and just really let your success speak for itself. But overall, let's say looking forward five to 10 years from now, where does Janet De Silva see herself? Mm, I love that question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I definitely want to be um, probably living somewhere in Africa, maybe like part of the time here, part of the time in awesome. Africa. I feel like Africa is definitely the future. And mm -hmm. I feel like I recently was in Ghana. I'm actually going again to Africa in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Um, I can't wait to go. Awesome. <laughs> it is like for me, just being around, being in a country of just black people and like race is not everything. I don't want people like, oh, this girl, all she cares. <laughs> no, but literally it is some, it's so comforting for me. And it I is. love to see um, like Ghana, for instance, they were saying how fertile the ground is. Like you can put any seed literally in the ground it's going to grow. And it's like, it's amazing. Nice beautiful and incredible Africa is. And um, I just want to be a part of whatever is happening that I sense and I see. And right now in, in, in our U.S., as much as I love this country, I mean, it's given, oh, my yeah. so much. <laughs> it's given my family so, so much. And so I'll never not be right. proud uh, to be, to say I'm an American. I just feel like there's so much to be grateful for. And we have to keep that in mind when we have these conversations about how America needs to grow and, and fix Absolutely. things. Um, there are worse places to live. That is very true. Oh, yeah. Um, but as Americans, we do have the right to critique and to make it be the best it can be. You know, we have mm -hmm. to talk about the things that need to be fixed. But sometimes I do feel overwhelmed um, by some of the issues we have here. And I just, I just want to to be in Africa. That's all. Africa has its issues. I, I guess. I'm saying it's perfect, <laughs> but that's just where my heart is. So I think five, 10 years from now, you're going to see me doing some, hopefully some really cool things in Africa, hopefully nice. bringing people to see different things, um, you know, whatever, and investing um, in the continent. Um, uh, five, 10 years from now, I definitely want to be retired. Retired yeah. in the sense of like, I don't have to work, um, but really just working on passion projects and doing things right. that 
yeah, that doesn't matter how much I make from it because my investments have been paying for my lifestyle and they're growing or whatever. So I can do, if I want to teach somewhere, fine. Because like I, I actually had spent three months in Mozambique, Africa, right after I graduated um, from undergrad. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I thought when I came, well, I thought I wanted to be a teacher because I just loved, I was at an orphanage volunteering uh-huh. and I just really loved it so much. And so I said, wow. okay, I said, okay, I want to forget this business stuff. I want to be a teacher. And then I came back and I could barely pay my student loans. I like cell phone, anything. It was so mm-hmm. hard. And so yeah. um, I knew that wasn't what I wanted my life to be. I was like, mm-hmm. I have to find a way to, to teach in another, you know, another capacity where I'm not like struggling. Right. This is not God's best for me. So now when I think about like, okay, 10 years from now, maybe I will be teaching in a different way because my investments have set in my life in a way that I can just do something like that. And it doesn't even matter how much I'm getting paid. Like, so that's what it is for me. I want money to not be a defining factor for me, but I will say, and everything that I mentioned Mm -hmm. before joining EYLU, I thought, you know, I could just, you know, run away to Africa and live this dream and have my little, (laughs) I had this whole dream, but, um, EYLU really for me taught me that, um, it's not enough for me to just make it. I really want to make an impact on my community so that I don't have kids. Hopefully one day I do, but my nieces and nephews have a, a space that they can say, you know, like, my community is better because my my aunt and my mom and different people made sure that, you know, our community was awesome. They left something better for us. So I don't want to just run away. And then the next black girl in Rhode Island, you know, doesn't have it easier than I did. Like, I want her to have, you know, have it easier that she won't have the same struggles that that Janet had. And so it's important for me to to leave that in that generational legacy, the generational wealth that you mentioned is definitely part of that. And that piece I wasn't really thinking about as Mm -hmm. much when I was just like, oh, I'll just cover my basic necessities and and run off right. and live this fan- fantasy life, which is still a reality. <laughs> like I see it. I'm like, I can still, I can do We that. all want luxury. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with liking what you like, you know. <laughs> exactly. So there's, you can like, there's a lot of different ways to go about. Right. Goals, so. That's awesome. Well, I know that everything that you achieve, uh, everything that you set out to achieve, rather, I already know you're going to achieve it. I, I just know. Sometimes you just, you just know. Like, you know, some people, they talk and talk and talk and 10 years later, they're still talking. <laughs> I mean, let, let's be real, you know, yeah. and that's why you said sometimes two accountability partners are, they're very important because Amazing. after a while, we all have that tendency to sometimes do the same thing. It's procrastination. And, you know, you get to that point where you're like, okay, you know what, let me stop talking and just do it. So I, I know that you will absolutely achieve that, but I cannot wait to get to Africa. That's actually on my, I just hung up my, um my vision board. I just mm-hmm. did it about a week ago or so. I finally finished it. And my goal is to do a two month tour of Africa. I have Senegal, Morocco, Egypt. I think I have Kenya. Uh, where else do I have? I have South Africa. I have um, not Johannesburg, Cape Town. I have Zimbabwe, I have Zanzibar. Like I have all of these. I'm uh, actually going to Senegal. In very in Ghana, of course. <laughs> I'm actually going to Senegal very soon. I cannot wait. What is that statue? It's the family statue, the bronze. Yes. I forget the exact the name. Um, the Renaissance. The Renaissance statue, I think is what yes. it's called. Yes, the Renaissance. I cannot wait. to, And I have a photo of that exact statue on my vision board. 
Wow. <laughs> I, I really do. Like I believe in, and every time I go, I walk past it, I just look at it and I study it. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is ultimately what, what I want to do. But my dream is more of a, um, I, as much as I want to go to Africa and I will, my dream is called my Dubai dream. I actually did a podcast episode on that last week. My Dubai dream from the moment. It's like, you know how you go somewhere and you just fall in love. It's like your home. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to me the first time I went to Dubai, but that's how I felt. Like I just stepped off the plane and got emotional and I had never been there before. The only thing I saw was British Airways welcomes you to Dubai. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, this is, this is home. This is like, I really felt like, like I believe in, you know, I'm, I'm very spiritual. I believe in, you know, ancestors and spirit guides and all. And I really believe in a past life. I'm from there somehow. I don't know whoever's listening, maybe like, what is she talking about? But that's just what happens. But that's part of my dream is to have yeah. my Dubai dream where I'm living there part time and then, you know, the U.S. part time as I well. So. so many good things about Dubai. And I love oh. it. Love, love, love it. Now, I don't go in the this and the first time I went was in September of 2013. No, no. I mean, unless you love 120 degree heat. Oh, <laughs> no, it was. I remember my mom and I, this is like 11 o'clock at night. We're. I don't even know if it's still there. There was an ice cream place called Dippin' Dots. Mm-hmm. And those little dots of ice cream. Well, we we're going to get ice cream. And it was 105 degrees. And it was 11 o'clock at night. Okay. I was like, yeah, no. So my hair was in a ponytail the whole time. Because listen, it, it just wasn't. So now we go in January. Um, January is perfect. It's like 80 during the day, 60 at night. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about Dubai all day. So I'll stop. But, <laughs> I but <could> yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. But no, that that's, a, that's amazing. But I do need to get to Africa. And actually, I need to get up to Rhode Island, too. Yes, that's another thing that I, I cannot wait. I don't know why I've been taking so long to get there. I know plenty of people that have gone. They absolutely love it. Several friends I know they went to they in Providence. They were mm-hmm. there for like a week or so. Then they went on to Maine and did, you know, some other stuff. They wanted to get some Maine lobster. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I have to get to Providence. I have to get to Rhode Island. So you're uh, welcome. Let yeah, you'll, you'll have to uh, show me around. You'll have to yes. show me you around. Now, any, are there any uh, terms I should know? Well, uh, I don't or, know. Or, or no. <laughs> I don't know. When you get here, maybe I'll teach you a few things. <laughs> teach me some colloquialism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, Janet, listen, this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for for joining me today. And look, I, I this this again. If you want to go after something, just go after it. Fear is, ah, yeah, that that our friend fear. Listen, fear is always going to be there. I read a quote by um, Denzel Washington, and he said that even now, and Denzel Washington has had a career that has spanned decades. He said mm-hmm. even now with every new film he does, he gets nervous. Wow. He has fear. And all that teaches him is that he's alive, but he pushes through it. And we all know he's an Oscar award winning, Academy Award winning actor and so fear is always going to be there but we really just need to just go ahead and push through despite fear so again janet thank you so much and again i do look forward to hanging out with you soon um and so yeah but guys be sure to check out earn your leisure their website is earnyourleisure.com and don't forget to check out market mondays again on youtube every monday at eight o'clock eastern standard time so janet please let everyone know where they can um follow you 
Sure. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Janet DeSilva. And you can always go to my website, JanetDeSilva.com. If you want to learn more about some of the services I provide and what my business does, you can also email me at info at JanetDeSilva.com. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, again, Janet, thank you. Thank you again so much. This has been amazing. And guys, all of Janet's um, information um, that she just just provided will be posted on my website on thisrealmofexistence.com. It will be posted under the podcast tab for this episode. So thank you all, as always, so much for tuning in to another episode of This Realm of Existence podcast. And until next time, remember that you are a magical being who can achieve whatever it is that you set out to achieve. So I need you to go live your best life in this realm of existence. And as always, I wish you peace, love, joy, and prosperity. Bye guys.